Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. <laughs> Around the world. Around the clock. Endurance racing direct to you. RadioLeMans.com. Good afternoon, or just about good morning, in fact. It's Johnny Palmer and Bruce Jones about to take you through the first of the World Endurance Championship action. Free practice one, rapidly approaching here on RadioLamont.com and live at the track here at Silverstone. A great entry of cars that we will take you through in full detail in a moment or two. We'll also have the pit lane covered via Joe Bradley and Nick Damon. It all goes towards the opening round of the 2015 World Endurance Championship. Live from Silverstone, this is RadioLeMond.com. So a 90-minute session to look forward to, Bruce Jones, and uh, some of the information we can glean from last year, but also there are many new drivers and many new teams that will add a, an unexpected uh, degree to 2015. Last year, we had so much technology introduced with all the hybrid hybrid elements coming in with uh, Audi, Porsche and Toyota. This year, of course, they haven't stood still. They, they've moved on. They've added more megajoules. Porsche, you must say, are really, really ramping it up, Johnny. And uh, as you say, new faces, new teams coming in. In the, in the four categories, we have to wait, sadly, for, for Nissan to make it splash. I mean, a big splash with the launch last year. And uh, they will be joining us in time for Le Mans. Um, Plenty to see, but of course, at this stage in the season, you just simply, as a sports car racing fan, want to see the cars and the drivers out there on the circuit. To gauge for yourself, it's one thing looking at uh, times that come from the prologue down uh, in Paul Ricard earlier this year, but you just want to see the cars, hear the cars, because of course, sound is such an evocative part of motorsport. Uh, So well done, everybody who's who's made it to the circuit uh, here at Silverstone on a beautifully sunny spring morning, this Friday morning. Shame for those of you who can't come here, but we're here to keep you in touch with everything that happens. And as you said, this is a 90-minute session coming up, a good chance for the drivers to just get out there. And as early as April in the season, they just want to do that, Johnny. Very much so. There's uh, so many answers, so many questions at this stage of the weekend, and hopefully some of those will be answered. But as you were mentioning, some cars we won't see until as late as Le Mans, including the Nissan, which apparently is here this weekend. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, it was due... To be on display at the very least. And well, that's uh, fantastic. Tease us. But, um, you know, you just start getting your head around the entry list, and then um, we'll touch on Saad Moran's story in a minute. Cause yes. They are not here. But with a bit of overflow uh, and the air traffic controller problems in France, allegedly that's one of the reasons why Simon Trummer is not here to drive the Baikola's entry sharing with uh, Vitantonio Liuzzi. And at a loose end, ready to receive a phone call in his hotel room the other morning, was Christian Clean, who came here to race uh, for Sardmarand, and he has jumped in. So he and Liuzzi will be the pairing. Very handy driver to have hopping into your car. So mm. Christian Clean, Vitantonio Liuzzi will be driving the bike collars. This, it's a lot of letters, isn't it? It's the, the bike collars, clmaerp one slash one Yes, with a P60 Turbo V6 or summit. 
And Pierre Caffer is against that uh, car as well, perhaps but, to be brought in later on in the season. Yes, it's going to be on a sort of cycling basis. But should we, should we go and uh, have a chew the cud on uh, the Saad Moran story? Cars yeah. looked great at the prologue, lovely colour scheme, and a you know, very handy-looking uh, driver lineup, particularly in the second car, Oliver Webb, Pierre Rags and Tristan Vautier. That really looked very strong indeed. And the 39 car was supposed to be the aforementioned Christian Klein, Kuki Saga from Japan, and Zoel Amberg, Swiss driver, starting to find his way into sports cars. But alas... So, Johnny, what do you know about the demise of Saad, or the, let's say the hiatus for Saad Moran? Well, let's hope that it's, uh, you know, we will see them at some stage this season. Well, they're um, talking of coming out for round two at Spa, so fingers yeah, crossed okay. along those... Uh, um, along those lines. But I've got myself, I've got my hands on one of these very rare programmes and hopefully uh, around the track you will have found one as well. They will be readily available, I understand, from tomorrow and then into Sunday. But the entry is there, cars 39 and 43, Saad Moran Racing, due to have Ollie Webb, Tristan Vautier and Pierre Rag, And then in the other car, Koki Saga, Zulamberg, the Swiss and Christian Klein. But you can strike a black line through the 39 and the 43 cars, sadly, because they will not be here. And we hope very much that they will appear into round two at Spa at the very, very latest, perhaps uh, at Le Mans for the third round of the World Endurance Championship. Can, can we safely describe their non-appearance as sort of, a, let's say, contract, contractual problems? Business problems? It's commercial related, commercial, isn't yes. it? Yeah. Um, so and as a consequence, if you see a very tall chap with fair hair leaping around with excess energy and nothing to do, that'll be Oliver Webb, who's, who's yeah. obviously going to be here. He was so excited about the drive. And I must say, well, it, it does remove one of the be- better-looking open-top cars from the race. I think its blue livery is fantastic. But uh, anyhow, there is a hiatus. They will not be here. Yeah, Benoit Morand, you can bet, will be working hard behind the scenes to try and sort the commercial problems out. They were due to enter with their Judd-powered Morgan, the Evo version of the Morgan, into LMP2. So, um, obviously, last year was a great year in the European Le Mans series for Ollie Webb as far as uh, the Signatech team are concerned. But this is a team switch. There's no connection between the two, is there, Morand and No, not at all. And Signatech are here with their... Beautiful blue with, with its trademarks of little orange flashes on it. Uh, they're, they're Orica Nissan, chaired by Nelson Panciatici, Paulu Chatin, one of the stars of the Euro- European Le Mans series last year, and Vincent Capillaire. That's a very tidy looking driver lineup there, sort of no chinks in the armour. So that will be the blue open top prototype you'll see today, and there won't be the two Saab Morans, unfortunately. But another one you will see is the KCMG entry with its sort of uh, almost. Uh, Shiny blue livery, their Oricanissan, but it's an 05, that's one with a roof. So again, it just shows how the World Endurance Championship is finding new shapes as well mm. as new teams. Mm. Just to make sure we're, we're right as far as the Moran story is concerned, the, the team itself have cited administrative and legal issues as the reason for the withdrawal. Announcing this withdrawal, very painful, said Benoit Morand. The team and I are working hard to race in Belgium and for the following rounds. I'm still optimistic uh, that we will have be able to go ahead with those uh, following rounds so we will wait with anticipation as indeed is the number 18 Porsche the 919 hybrid at the end of pit road so we haven't yet had a green flag but ahead of this 90 minute session I've got to get used to the new numbers for this year there was a constant question in my mind as to what numbers the Porsches would go with 20 and 14 last year for obvious reasons 2014 being their return to Le Mans and, of course, the whole of the World Endurance Championship. They had to wait until the last round of the season in 2014 to get their first victory. 
but I read and I am informed by those in the know that Porsche are going to take some beating as far as qualifying is concerned. Their one lap pace is going to be quite phenomenal. We have been warned. Well, I thought it was pretty phenomenal. That was one of the stories through the course of uh, 2014. That their, their their speed in qualifying just became greater and greater, and their big problem was uh, making their tyres last when it came to the races. Yeah. But uh, they did sign out with a victory at Interlagos. It seems such a long time ago, but it wasn't really, was it? Last weekend in November. That's all. I suppose that was a fair while ago. There's a little bit of water that's gone under the bridge, particularly for Audi, and we'll touch on them later on. But uh, although that is a, an in, a, a very much revised car. I understand the monocoque is still the same as last year, but they have done an awful lot of upgrade work on that Audi because, well, they were beaten fair and square by Toyota to the World Championship, and they have some catching up to do now. Well, of course, they came out with that victory at Le Mans, but that was the the feather in their cap for last year. And when we were here at Silverstone, you could see back then it wasn't totally very warm at all, and they really struggled on cold tyres last year, the Audis. Great, great driver lineup, but yeah. uh, it, it, you know we'll have to see all, all the work. And Audi will never sit still. Porsche will never sit still. Toyota won't. They all, they know this is a moving target. They all hope that their hybrids will harness them more power this year. And I certainly think at some of the circuits with the longer straights, we're going to see some really spectacular speeds as they as they manage to har- harness harvest their power in a way that they didn't last year. But it's great, isn't it? This is the cutting edge of motorsport at the moment. Oh yeah, very much so. By, by a long, long chalk. Um, the technology involved in particularly the hybrid cars, the P1 cars, uh, astounds me every time I try and read into it and attempt to understand it. But it's uh, it's almost kind of way beyond my ability. But you know that this technology, once it's got right, will then start to make its way into into road cars that but, people buy. And it, it becomes relevant information, re- relevant technology. Absolutely. And Johnny, we've just come up from an Aston Martin Racing press launch, Hanergy, so that the... Yeah. The cars will be yellow and red this year. The Chinese, uh, well, the world's largest uh, manufacturer of uh, very thin solar panels. And, of course, we have those on the roof of their vantages. So they will be a green flag waved and down in the pit lane. So let's get the cars out on the circuit. But it's a, just a chance of just seeing not only what's under the bodywork, but on top of it now, harnessing enough power to, to keep those batteries recharged. So even the cars that aren't hybrids are starting to bring in, the, bring in ways of uh, harvesting energy that's out there. Up and above, and today, blue skies at Silverstone, so they will manage to get a tiny bit down, <laughs> down to keep the cars going around the circuit. So we've got uh, 22 cars listed as going out of the, uh, ready to go out of the pits. We have about 10 of them having done so already, led out by Romain Dumas in the number 18 Porsche. So as you say, we've got to get our heads around, and he will be sharing that with Mark Lieb and Neil Yarny. So lots of short names, not so many letters on the side of that car. Now... We should have a correspondent down in the pit lane. Who have we got, Nick or Joe? Yes, you have indeed, guys. Hello, the Joe. The season has truly begun. I think it has. With the sound of wheel guns. That was the Audi wheel guns that you could probably hear in the background. And the uh, the two Audis now, cars number seven and eight, already joining what was a, a huge queue. The queue has left the pit lane and the session is very truly underway. Yeah, the World Endurance Championship for 2015 is go. And this may only be a free practice session, but there is an awful lot of track time now for the runners and riders to utilise. An hour and a half of running in decent, dry, warmish weather here at Silverstone. And then they get to do it all over again, going out at uh, 5 to 4, 15.55 until 17.25. So 
if all stays as it is, that's a good good amount of running for them to do here at Silverstone. Yeah. Three hours through the course of today. And of course, we then build towards qualifying. And we will touch tomorrow on the way qualifying is running a, a different format, slightly less mathematical than before, hopefully rather easier to just keep on top on on top of as it unfolds through the course, waiting for the first car to complete a flying lap and round. In fact, it's the number one Toyota that comes around with we Anthony Davidson at the wheel. So we'll give you a flying lap time next time around. And uh, the number two Toyota follows through with Alexander Wurtz. And then the 17 Porsche with Mark Webber. So they're the was, first three past the end of the first lap. was quite apt that, Bruce, wasn't it? Uh, to have the world champions being the first car through in anger uh, in the 2015 season. And uh, I, I know you, you mentioned there the amount of track time that we have. I can assure you that that clock seems to speed up. Once that green flag's waved at the end of the pit lane and we've got a green light and the session's underway, I know the teams are thinking, as, as you've just said, we've got plenty of time to get through whatever we're trying to get through. But I can assure you, someone speeds that clock up and that clock and that time just winds its way around. And before you know it, hey, check it flag. But we, we, but we needed to do X, Y, Z. Well, the thing is, if you know you've got three hours of running to take place, you will plan for three hours of running to take place, and every minute of it will be strictly regulated. The problem comes if you have an issue during the pre-practice session, and that can really put you behind. I'm sure there is catch-up time included in their list of to-do things, but nevertheless, what they don't want is uh, some kind of incident, a clash with another car out on track, perhaps, or for the, the weather to intervene. Looking out uh, to the Buckinghamshire end of Silverstone, it looks a little bit uh, gloomy on the horizon, but above us, blue sky and uh, just a kind of faint bit of cloud. So hopefully we'll get through uh, all of today without any precipitation. Now, the pattern we've seen is pretty much the LMP1 cars have largely stayed out onto the circuit to do a flying lap. Everybody else, bar a handful of GTE Pro cars, have uh, come in likewise to the pits. So that first flying lap, a 1 minute 42 set point 749 uh, set by Alexander Wurtz, in fact outpacing uh, the sister car, the number one car of Anthony Davidson. And then the Porsche and Audi go through, so who's uh, lotterer in the Audi goes into second place. So 1 minute 42.7 ahead of 1 minute 43.1. Early days though. I was wondering what uh, is catching your eye down in the pit lane, Joe. Really quite busy, but uh, what what can you say about the, the liveries of the cars? Because we've got some really striking new outfits. And I must say, one that really strikes me is, is the uh, orange and black G-Drive Racing Ligiers. I think they look fantastic. They did, they did, they have done for the past season. I'll tell you one that really catches the eye uh, this, uh, this year is the one I'm watching at the moment, the number 47 KCMG Orica Nissan. It's in an absolutely splendid chrome and, and metallic blue that just really sets it off. And the line of lines of the car are really brought to a head in the background there you can hear the car starting up that car with Matthew Housen, Richard Bradley and Nick Tandy are the drivers in that number 47 LMP2 entry that car just gets a little bit of a, an eager shove and that's it out on the pit out onto the track away from the pit lane so have a look at that out on track he really does it is striking Alexander Wurtz setting the fastest time so far with a 142.749 and going quicker again, potentially on this lap, having gone quicker through sector one. Although, as I say that, the best middle sector of anyone set by Andre Lotre in the number seven Audi R18 
Etron Quattro. So it's Alexander Wurtz on board the number two Toyota. Lotra in the seven Audi and Davidson on board the number one Toyota. Mark Weber is in the 17 Porsche 919. Lucas Degrassi, the Brazilian, on board the number eight Audi. And Johnny Kane, the best of the P2s, although that's the only car so far to have set a time. The Dome from Stracker, the car we've waited so, so long to see. Going well, having done a 152.8. That's not a great far way, way off the uh, Lucas Degrassi time. But I'm sure Degrassi has uh, quite a bit of ground to close in upon. But great to see Stracker back in the fold. The British team with an all-British lineup: Nick Leventis, Jolly Kane and Danny Watts on Michelin tyres with their Nissan-engined Stracker Dome S103. Johnny. Nick. Ah, that was what I wanted to do. I literally only interjected to make sure the uh, microphone's working. It wasn't earlier. OK. So you are a glorified microphone test, but a very lovely one, of course, as well. Thank you. Thank you. Next time I talk to you, I'll have something interesting to say. Oh, you could have actually kept something back and, you know, I don't know, given me just a li limerick or something. Well, I, what I would say is, I, I, is whilst we talk about liveries, whilst it's one we've seen many times before, I think the WEC would be very much enlivened by the, uh, the Tequila Patron of ESM. Yes. That are green and black. Very nice. And a sort of day glow green, I think. It, it, does, it does catch very nicely. Yeah. Haven't seen that yet in the flesh, but looking forward uh, to doing so. Well, one of the cars is on the pit apron right now. You know the view from this box, though, don't you? Yes, you can see about 11.3 metres of track. There you go. So I need to see it actually out on track and coming out of the final corner, but I'm sure that will happen in due course. Thank you, Nick, though, for the update, and come back to us when you actually do have some news. We have an hour and 22 minutes still to go, and Wurtz has thrown down the gauntlet here with a 142.7 but three and a half tenths off that Lotra in the seven Audi sorry uh, yeah seven Audi in fact as I say Which that he goes top it's so dreadful isn't it when you look at the screen and you can't see the car because it's just moved it's just but moved, yes, so he's yeah. on top by a tenth of a second Andre Lotra uh, from Alexander Wurtz so it's Audi Toyota Toyota Porsche and Audi in terms of the quick time still waiting for the number 18 Porsche uh, to set a representative time that's been in the pits and it still is there down with Nick no doubt so if you're out around the circuit or if you're watching around the world the yellow and red Aston Martin it's going to take a while to get my head around that that's the uh, Stefan Mucha Darren Turner car with the Hanergy livery after years of being used to seeing it in the Gulf colours recalibrate your brains keeps us young apparently <laughs> to keep the brain moving around uh, so just looking down the list we've got the top five cars within p1 group uh, it, the fastest the p2s is the dome with johnny kane as you just mentioned but that's 10 seconds down on the ultimate pace the fastest of the aston martins in the pro group top of the pro pro group is the dane train nikki team and top of am is at stuart hall in another aston martin so the 95 aston martin top of gte pro and the 96 Aston Martin GTE Am in 14th place overall. Still very busy down in the pits. Interestingly, I have some news now. Uh, those of you who've been here for the last uh, few years would know that Toyota have always been the last garage in pit exit. Well, they've moved right to the middle of the pit lane now, so they're actually sort of opposite, uh, uh, sort of the end of the grandstand. Porsche have, have moved further down from last year, but. The bottom pits are, once again, as they are on the LMS, the pit exit pits, just like the LMS, are an AF course of benefit, uh, including the, um, the SMP uh, racing prototype as well. But the one car that's also in there is the uh, is the Stracker racing machine. So there's a bit of a shuffle around the pits as the number two, which this year, of course, 
is a Toyota, not seven and eight anymore, because they're world champions. They get one and two in their cars. The two comes in for a quick fuel stop. Driver opens the door. Not quite sure why. Oh, it's trolley drag. That's why. So it's like uh, we've been to the two as the Bicole CL106B oblique 55 goes past me. Could you say that again and make sure you get it absolutely spot on, Nick? It's the um, car that the white and was, yellow car. It's the car that last year was a Lotus that caught fire a lot. Yes. Well, it caught fire once. Uh, Fuji. Not sure about a, a lot. No, it caught fire at least twice. Okay, yes, it caught it fire twice. Did it didn't small, catch fire a lot. Small way, then big way, didn't it? The one in uh, Fuji was certainly in a big way. Looking like a very quick lap coming by the, from the number eight Audi, Lucas Di Grassi. He said a purple first sector time, his best second sector time. Admittedly, in fairness, he has three and a half seconds to gain, but it looks as though we could have Audi's first and second uh, very soon. So the number seven Audi, Andre Lotterer, still top of the time chart, still out on the circuit. Well, yep. Degrassi did improve, but he must have backed off a little bit. But in fact, we've got the top three cars covered by about 0.15 of a second. So that's how we like it. But at the moment, it's Lotterer from Wurtz's Toyota and then Degrassi slotted into third place overall. Nelson Pantutici in the number 36. Uh, Tech Alpine is top of the P2s. Nelson's just done a 150.970 to put the Alpine quickest of the P2s and sixth overall ahead of... Yak attack, the Yakiman uh, entered Ligier. Gustavo Yakiman, of course, of Venezuela, and he's in the Ligier this year. Number 28 for G Drive Racing, Ligier JSP2, again with a Nissan engine. Tr sharing that drive with Ricardo Gonzalez and Pipo Dirani, who could be really one to watch this year. Sam Bird in a P2 for 2015, having spent much of his past in a Ferrari 458 Italia. Raced at Le Mans in the Ferrari, but moves to the prototype class for this year. So it's two Ligiers in the top three within P2, and then the Dome shunted down to fourth position. Johnny Kane has come back into pit road, in fact. And Jacques Nicolet in the number 35 car is fifth fastest of the P2s on board the Oak Racing Ligier. And Oak are due to have a second car I think later on in the season number 34 with a Honda power plant Chris Cumming Kevin Estre and Lawrence Vantor lined up for that car potentially but we uh, are yet to find out when it's going to feature in the championship and we have a problem for the 18 Porsche the uh, one of the P1 cars uh, the Dumas Yarni lead machine that's up on the high jacks at the moment uh, quite a bit of work going on at the back of it uh, a little bit more less keen to be wandering into a actually look at it at the moment um it looks like they've got some cloth on the ground beneath it so it's obviously had some sort of leak now i don't know whether it did installation lap but you can tell me that or not it did uh so obviously when they it came out of doing installation lap they found something was oozing out it's got the floor off which is a beautifully made bit of um marine plywood i must say that's lovely bit of routing in that um so yeah that car's obviously got a, has not been tightened up properly in some way well, let's see if you can lend a hand, Nick. I know you're very helpful. Well, they aren't using a lump hammer or tie wrap, so I don't yeah. really know where my expertise is going to come in, if I'm honest. Well, just offer your services, anyhow. Uh, Andre Lotterer recently has just improved his best time by about a third of a second, so he continues to be fastest of all. Now, 1 minute 42.360, so he's just under 0.4 of a second quicker than Alex Wurtz. And as you said, Nick, uh, the problem for number 18 means no representative time, so that's down in 26th out of 29 entries on the time charts and also no flying lap but an outlap as well uh, for the bike collars special with Vitantonio Liuzzi listed as the driver but sitting 
fact, he's gone back out onto the circuit now, so he was in the pits, has rejoined. But it's fairly busy down with you, Nick, and with Joe, of course, down in the pit lane. How are you splitting it? Who's at the far end? Uh, well, I just kind of wandered past Joe, so I've got sort of the second half, which this year kind of contains Toyota and Porsche and then AS Porsche and Strata. And Joe, who have you got? That could have worked brilliantly. He turned it on. It could have worked brilliantly. And well, Did I miss me line? There yeah. you go. Get back behind Hang the on. curtain. We'll cut that I've out. got these cars. Joe, what have you got? Did I miss my line? <laughs> oh, and, and after we were so good in rehearsal. Um, I'm in pit in and I've got Audi. I've got the Extreme Speed Motorsport LMP2 Henry's. I've got a gaggle of, uh, of Porsches, GTE, GTE Porsches. I've also inherited Aston Martin though. Mm. And I think and I think the G-Drive uh, team, which is about midway, I would say. Nick, would you agree? That's one hell of inheritance. I've inherited Aston Martin. Oh, <laughs> yes. That's what, what did Looking you get? Me. I got a clock. Yeah, and some curtains. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try and talk to a Porsche driver. Hang on a second. Bear with me. I'll see if I can grab I'll, I'll, Mark I'll, Leaves. I'll, attention. I'll say something while you find a Porsche driver. I have got one. What, what we have... I've oh, sorry. I was just want to say, what we have seen at the moment, pretty much up and down the pit lane, are installation laps. We've had cars out and come in after only a couple of laps and uh, pretty much all the bodywork has come off and things are being checked, uh, understandably. Thanks, Joe. Uh, Mark, um, first of all, what's the issue with your number 18 car? Well, Neil uh, commented on the radio that he, uh, he has a problem with the powertrain. Uh, something, it looks like uh, there's something mechanical, but I don't know exactly, so the guys are just investigating now what the problem is. Uh, it's a shame to start the session like this, but... Uh, this happens, so uh, now we just have to uh, focus to bring the car back on track for the session to learn something for uh, for the race. But yeah, the, the guys are working hard right now. It's safe to say that uh, you and, and Porsche really got our attention at the, uh, the test at Paul Ricard. This thing is incredibly quick, isn't it? Well, Paul Ricard was uh, was a good test for us, but uh, I mean, uh, of course, we had uh, some new sets of uh, of tires and all fresh ones. So for one lap, I think the car is very good. I mean. Uh, that's what we've seen so far. On the long runs, we have to improve uh, our, our speed and our pace, but um, that's why we're here. That's why we are doing free practice, and uh, I think we will have a clear picture maybe after the, after the first stint on Sunday. Then we know what's going on. How big an improvement year on year is it on last year's car? Well, I mean, this year it's uh, for us it's an evolution of the revolution. The base concept stayed the same. Uh, with the, the system, with the hybrid system, everything is the same, but everything got improved. So we made steps, you know, and uh, when you look at the lap times at the Paul Ricard test, we were uh, four seconds quicker than last year. I mean, this is amazing. And when you see now the, the lap times out there, uh, you know, Audi and Toyota are already doing the same the same uh, lap times that we did last year in qualifying. So you, you see the development which has been done over the winter. Uh, it's, uh, it's a massive step from everybody, so it's going to be really quick and really exciting this year. But is all the work once the season starts then becomes about reliability rather than outright performance? I mean, first of all, you need to improve the performance and then the reliability comes with it. I mean, they always, the engineer, when they develop something, they have the reliability in mind as well. But of course, it's, uh, you know, it's also the, the concept of uh, competition. You need to improve the performance. You cannot stand still and you cannot afford building a really reliable car but being three seconds off the pace so uh, well that's uh, that's a balance and that's just a nice thing about endurance racing because you need a quick and reliable car oh thank you much and you don't go back yeah it's obviously it's something in the powertrain the powertrain now is significantly more complicated than it was a couple of years ago so that might even be it for the session for them well, wow. early doors an hour and a half to play with this afternoon but that's uh, quite a lot of time to throw out of the window 
an hour and a quarter of running here. But uh, keep an eye on that, if you will, Nick. I'm sure you will not be far away. Just correct what I said about Gustavo Yakiman. Apologies, I'm getting my Colombian. flags mixed up. Yeah, you didn't say anything. You kept quiet about it. You mean the Yak No, I just suddenly thought after you said it, because I thought that's I quite like the Yak Attack bit, but uh, then I thought Venezuelan, are we right? But I didn't want to contradict you. Then I, my, my brain moved on to other things. No, no. You, Increasing well, number of Colombian drivers, obviously, in the various categories, Tatiana Calderon and co in the Formula 3. Yeah. There is a Venezuelan racing this weekend, but I'm probably entirely the wrong category, let alone the wrong... Uh, uh, the wrong prototype section anyway I thought you'd fallen quiet recently you were digging deep Let's just well, no, I, was, I was receiving a, t- a ticking off via Skype actually but uh, a kicking yeah. off That's I'll hold my for... hands up yes hey, that won't be the last mistake I make all weekend I promise you uh, looking for any changes on the time charts uh, Mark Webber's the only one in the top five who's out on the circuit he's still down in in fifth place in the number 17 Porsche he's four and a bit seconds off the pace but he is bringing that down each lap, as I say that, he just sets a slower opening sector than he did last time around. Other drivers going fast at the moment. Sam Bird's been doing good things, but he's uh, been in the pits recently. He's back out. He just came past looking pretty quick in the number 26, Lisier. That's third in the LMP2 class. Bit Antonio Liuzzi, has got from the back page of the timing screen onto the front page. He's now 13th fastest and uh, listed as the sixth prototype in the uh, by collars but he's 13 seconds off the pace set by Lotterer's Audi. Top in am is Klaus Backler in the 88 Porsche. We haven't mentioned those Johnny. The Dempsey Proton Racing one is 77 and the Abu Dhabi Proton Racing one with their very snazzy livery uh, is number eight and uh, Klaus Backler is sharing that with Christian Reed and Khalid al Top at the moment is GTE Am down in 20th place at the 29 cars. Interesting also to see that the Dane train Aston Martin number 95 no longer a, a GTE AM entry, it's moved to the pro class. Nicky team at the wheel of the number 95 car at the moment and joined by Marco Sorensen, new to endurance racing, and Christopher Nygaard, the 24 year old Sorensen, also a Dane, much experience of the GP2 series from last year with 14 starts and one win so Sorensen making the jump across to a roof over his head and it'll be interesting to see how he gets on with compatriots Nicky Team and Christopher Nygaard there are three Vantage GTEs in the pro class uh, for this season including the 97 which is the brand new for 2015 yellow and red livery so your program if you've got one that is slightly out of date because on page 89 there is a side view of the Aston but that's last year's livery so it don't look uh, anything like that now but it still has the same driver lineup Stefan Mucha and Darren Turner I mean it's it's annoying for people who put the program together but actually it, it's quite it's quite it's I rather like having new liveries and uh, Nick highlighted how gorgeous the KCMG Orica Nissan 05 looks it just came flying past us so that that's now starting to set some uh, representative times and in fact it's just gone up to position it's now just gone fastest as I speak in LMP2 sixth fastest overall just edging past uh, Nelson Pantsu Tichi's best uh, in car 36 the that's the Orica Nissan 03R so the one without the roof but the one with the roof with Matt Housen at the wheel now sixth fastest top in LMP2 so it looks quick standing still looks even faster out on the circuit. 
And looking for other changes, Vitantonio Liuzzi's improved slightly, another half second or so by him up to 12th place. And Mark Webber did go faster last time around, despite the slow start to his lap, and is now up to 4th place overall. One and three quarter seconds off the pace set by the Audi of Andre Lotterer. That car in the pits, the number seven Audi in the pits. At the moment, we've got Alexander Wurtz going back out, or certainly his car, number two, listed with him in it. But sometimes you get a certain distance out of the pit and then we find out who's actually on board. But it looks as though Wurtz, for now, is going back out in the number two Toyota. Two works Porsches here this weekend from Team Manti, cars 91 and 92 and well can they turn things around a little bit in 2015 I wonder because Ferrari certainly uh, had the lion's share of the headlines in 2014 and it's AF Corsa of course the champions defending champions in car 71 so can Porsche uh, step up their performance with their 4 litre flat 6 of course in the 911 RSR that's the 991 iteration once again with Richard Leitz, Michael Christensen and York Bergmeister in the 91 car although Bergmeister not here this weekend Patrick Pile and Fred Makaviki in the 92 Richard Leitz on board the 91 at the moment it's Pile on board the 92 as we speak although Pile's brought that car into pit lane one person who just came past very slowly, but out on the circuit, was Tony Villander in the number 51 AF Corsa Ferrari. Mm. He's down in 1, 2, 3, 7th in GTE Pro. He just didn't seem to accelerate out of the final corner as he came onto the start-finish straight, out of, out of club. But uh, we'll, we'll be able to gauge that on his uh, his first split is slow. So I think that's <laughs> he started his in-lap rather early. But, early uh, problems for the striker, I'm afraid. Oh, dear. Uh, it's coming. It's, it's uh, been wheeled back into the... Uh, it's, it's pit 38, which is the last but one and the last one that's being used. Uh, and they're working feverishly on the rear uh, left of the car, right deep in the gubbin side. So I don't think it's a suspension, it's a suspension thing. I think they're trying to uh, do that thing of a probably source a leak that's towards the back of the car. They're, they're delving in around all the piping of the, uh, the brake cooling as well on the, its central left side. So uh, it doesn't look too like it's too serious. I've got three guys in there, but there's a man waiting to put back on the uh, back half of the side pod. Um, Johnny Kane staying on board, so hope that car is just having a little bit of teething trouble. Very pretty little thing, actually, from, from an above view. Yeah, it is a great-looking car, but obviously Stracker Racing fans have had to have a whole year out waiting uh, for them to, to come back and rejoin the championship. But uh, let's hope that will be the last of the problems for the Stracker Dome Nissan S103. If you're, looking, if you're watching on radio, it's a black car with a white roof. I can't believe that Johnny Kane and Danny Watts haven't done any racing for the best part of 18 months. I mean, what a waste to the to the motorsport fraternity that is to have two fabulous talents just testing that dome and not able to get out competitively. But hopefully things will change this weekend. No doubt there are problems, though, to be ironed out this weekend during these sessions, and that's another reason why it's good to have two meaty 90-minute sessions to kick the weekend off to hopefully sort those issues out early on. Yes, and in between the end of this session and the start of uh, the second time practice session, they have two and a half hours to not just have their lunch, but to uh, fix and fettle. Yep. But we've still got two cars that haven't set a representative time. We have the 18 Porsche that uh, was explained to us by Mark Lieb that uh, there were certain elements they were trying to sort out. Nick was down there as well. And also the number 31 
HPD. Ed Brown, listed as the driver, one flying lap, also sitting in the pit lane. So it'd be quite good if um, we could find out what's happened to number 31, if there's a problem or they're just taking things slowly at the start of this first practice session. Looks so like Lucas de Grassi is starting to wind up. Oh, he's in the pit. Sorry, that was his in lap. Beg your pardon. Last time around. So out on the track of the LMP1s, we've got... Uh, Alexander Wurtz in number two, who's second at the moment. We've got Anthony Davidson in the sister Toyota number one. And we've got Mark Weber in the number 17 Porsche. He has reduced the deficit. His last lap was his best. 1.4 seconds now down on the ultimate pace. Vitantonio Liuzzi has brought the CLM back into the pits. He got as high as 12th place overall. And as we mentioned, the number 18 Porsche, no flying lap. That's in the pits. The other cars, sadly, that we don't have with us this weekend at Silverstone are the Rebellions, the R1s that raced for a portion of last year's FIA World Endurance Championship, but they have confirmed that they're not going to start this season until the 24 hours of Le Mans later on in the year. Driver lineups look very strong again. Nicola Prost, Nick Heidfeld and Matthias Besch in the number 12 car, and then Dominic Kreiharmer comes back to the other machine along with Alexandra Imperatore coming in from KCMG from the year before last and last year, so making the jump to Rebellion, and Daniel Att also on board with Rebellion. But sadly, those uh, strikingly uh, liveried Rebellion R1s are going to be delayed until the third round of this year's WEC. And the delay is, is pretty much down to their decision to go with the AER V6 engine and try to get it to, to, to fit properly in the car to work accordingly. Be lovely to have them here but they want to get it right but they're yeah. such stalwarts of the championship you know leading the privateer battle in lmp for some years now and as you say the cars always look fantastic and those are very strong driver lineups obviously daniel apt is a single seater driver first and foremost but uh, i'm sure he won't have too much trouble coming across alexander imperatore i think is massively underrated mm. and uh, certainly at times last year he really made that kcmg uh, entry fly along. I think KCMG could really pick up some big garlands this year. In terms of just car appearance, they're, they're top of the charts. So that, that's the first battle one. Of course, now the battle on the timesheets. They're not top anymore. They were top uh, not so long ago in LMP2, but uh, the Ligiers, 26 and 28, Sam Bird and a good friend from Colombia, Gustavo Jacobin, first and second in the class. Shall I tell you how far away they are from the ultimate pace? The ultimate pace, 1 minute 42.360 seconds, set some while ago now by uh, Audi driver Andre Lotterer, and the fastest by Sam Bird in LMP2, just under 8 seconds behind, but uh, just edging clear. So not only do uh, the G-Drive racing entries look good, they go well. Other changes, no one else moving, not seeing many coloured colours on the chart at the moment if we see yellow times that means no one's improving at all if we see blue times that means they've set their fastest sector time of their, of their runs and if we see purple their fastest of all and the only purple we see on the screen has been there for quite some while it was the start of the in-lap for Lucas Di Grassi's Audi about 10 or 15 minutes ago so, talking about yellow there's a good segue there I felt shoehorn oh, yeah. shoe slightly in um the AF Corsa 51 car the number one team car the car that represents Ferrari the car that is red isn't anymore. No. Um, they have uh, tied up with the SMP Racing. They've also tied up with the Thai beer manufacturer Singer Beer. So the car now is a, a multicoloured cornucopia of, of, of different uh, shades, including uh, quite a bit of green, a lot of yellow, a small amount of red. It's got UPS sponsorship because they sponsor Ferrari generally. Um, it's quite interesting they've decided to move away from the traditional colours for what is effectively, what, you know, breathe it under your hat, you know, a factory-supported drive. Certainly, you look at the drivers in the car. So... Um, 
And the other thing, of course, is, is, this, the la- is this the last year, the 458? Of course, they have a new road car out now, don't they? Which I believe is called the 488, but I might be completely wrong with that. No, I, b- I, I believe you're right. And In fact, to describe the colours, Nick, it's sort of green, white and red up the middle, like the Italian flag. You've got the red roof, but then when seen from the side with the yellow and... Uh, black livery it looks like a south african flag as it comes past that it's was my cer- thought but they've certainly decided right what colors should we not use now nah, let's use them all it's fine <laughs> oh it's good I, I like having new liveries oh we have got a someone who's just improved his lap time that was ryan to yell in the number number 30 extreme speed motorsport entry so he's moved himself up into fifth place in lmp2 so it's, it's funny for a british driver he spent almost none of his career in britain hasn't he ryan has did a pro- couple of years two or three years here in junior single seaters and then then headed west, and he's been such a hit in the States. He just uh, really, really seems to hit the target with every time he's out in the car. So Ryan DeYell in number 30, up to 10th place overall. Lucas Degrassi, by the way, on that in-lap, set the fastest mid- uh, first sector of everybody so far. So there is still a bit of wriggle room as far as sector one is concerned, some room for improvement. But Lucas Degrassi didn't complete that fast lap because he came into pit road in the number eight Audi talking of wriggle we still need someone to wriggle their way down to see what's up with the number 31 uh, extreme speed motorsport entry the sister car we just mentioned absolutely nothing it's driving past me now thank goodness they've fixed it Nick Literally, as you said that. Okay, so it's still, okay, because I'm still seeing a P symbol no, in No, no, you'll get a no in about two seconds. The, uh, also, the Stracker just got going again as well with a great squealy start from the end of the pit lane. There's a problem now for the 17 Porsche as well, but this might just be car set up because they're having a good old fiddle at the torsion bars, which they said they didn't have at the front end of the car. Well, in, in, in the prologue down at Paul Ricard, we, the, the pace of the Porsches was remarkable, but clearly this morning, a problem with number 18, but they don't seem to be looking to go for any quick times at all. But uh, only they will know that. So their, their best place car is in fifth place behind the Audi Toyota, Audi Toyota grouping at the top of the time chart. So Mark Webber, 1.4 seconds down in fifth place overall. And the sister car what, not listed with the flying lap. What Porsche are doing are putting a different central damper on. It's a three, a three damper system and they're putting a different central damper on the front of the 18, 17. Sorry. There we are. That's technical. That's actual technical information for me in the pit lane. Very impressive. I can't see what the spring rate is, but they are changing it. And the man was even putting the thread lock on, so it must be serious. I don't go try and grab an interview. Would that be good? Let go on then. Grab a quick word with the man whose car we were talking about a second ago. Got a quick word with uh, a current world champion. It's uh, Jimmy Bruni. Jimmy, uh, you must be pleased the season's got getting back underway again. Yes, for sure. Uh, it was a long break winter. So everybody is happy, everybody wants to start again uh, from here. Your car obviously is essentially the same, but, but looks quite different. How do you feel? You, do you feel you still have the same battles in, in GTE, or do you think some of the other teams with newer cars will be moving forward and past you? I don't know. I mean, uh, only the time will show what, uh, what we did and what the others did. I hope it's enough to stay with others and battle with others and have a great fight uh, like last year until then. Uh, it would be a difficult season. We'll see. 458, obviously, at the end of its life. Will you start developing the new 488 this year, or is that a project for another year? Yeah, at the moment we didn't start anything. We're still focusing on this car. Uh, later on in the, in, in the season, we will may start uh, to work in the new car for the next year. Thanks, Jimmy. So, Jimmy Bruni and Tony Valanda, clearly the drivers to stop as far as... Uh, 
GTE Pro is concerned this season. Can Aston, can Porsche start to step up to Ferrari's mark after a great year last year across uh, not all the races, but uh, where it counted, they picked up the relevant points and uh, managed to take the championship in car 51. And I wonder whether the sister car, number 71, might have a say on the championship this year as well, with Davide Regon and James Collado, the designated drivers for this round of the championship. But they will be joined by a third driver, certainly for Le Mans, and possibly later on in the season for other races too. Now, we mentioned the Extreme Speed Motorsport team. Quite distracting for them, because they've come here not racing the car they hoped to, to race, which they, they ended up uh, here with the ARX... 03Bs, but then next time out at Spa, not so many weeks away, they, they hope to be racing at Vizier. So to set off in any season is, is you know, a tricky a tricky element at the best of times. You have to give it your best shot, but your eye must be slightly pulled off to a different target if you have you know you've got a change of chassis coming up and it wasn't according to the original master plan. How are they faring at the moment? Tenth overall and fifth in LMP2 for Ryan Dayel and the sister car went out but it hasn't said it's flying lap yet so wait that should be around any second to uh, complete its first flying lap and we'll see where it slots in but uh, target time in that category has just been edged slightly further forward Gustavo Jakobman now now in sixth place overall top in LMP2 1 minute 50.2 seconds he's just a, sh a shade of a fraction of a second faster than the sister car of Sam Bird the number two Toyota is uh receiving some attention to the pits, it's getting a bit of a fluid top up, but they're actually having, they're, they're either replacing or more securely mounting uh, the third damper for the rear of the car. So you have three dampers or central dampers, apparently it's, uh, it's not a good day for them, but they're, they're fiddling with that at the moment. There may even be some sensors. There's a lot, there's a lot of tie wraps being used, I'm chuffed about, but they are, I think, getting towards the end of that because the man's doing screwing up motions with his spanner rather than unscrewing motions. Alex Burt staying in the number two car, my guess is to be out in five to ten minutes. Lots of fiddling going down down at Audi as well. It's uh, it's definitely set up that uh, the the big hitters are chasing. Uh, the number eight car has already been in for a little bit of a setup tweak, more of a setup tweak going on in the number seven. They've actually got the car on the uh, on the on the on the scales. They're actually measuring corner weights as part of their setup changes. Lots of data being poured. I can see there. Uh, the number seven remains in the garage. Nothing hurried. So probably just going through the programme, what has been set out uh, from the very offset. So still plenty of time for them to try these things out. Still about 55 minutes remaining. And uh, it seems to be the case all the way along the pit lane. People just going through the motions of uh, trying to optimise these cars. Whether it's for qualifying, whether it's for race, they're not going to tell us that at this stage. This uh, session is also giving the opportunity for the clerk of the course to keep an eye on the various drivers and to also make sure that they are respecting the track limits. And we've had a number of cars now flash up on the screen. Yes, that isn't the case. Tony Volander in the number 51 car. Uh, a message to him and the team with the 51 car that they must respect track limits at turn 18, which is the last corner on the circuit coming out of, well, at club corner itself, but coming out of that corner and onto the start and finish line, a classic uh, point to cross the white line and start to incur the wrath of the stewards. Christopher Nygaard as well in the number 95 Aston being told the same message. And car 47 now must respect the track limits at turn 9, at which is Cops, yep. Yeah. And car 47 is 
Richard Bradley on board the Orica. Car 47 being the KCMG entered uh, Orica 05 with its Nissan engine. And Richard Bradley here this weekend with Matt Housen and a certain Nick Tandy, who does have a prototype drive for later on in the year, but that's with the P1 Porsche 919 announced as one of the driver lineups for the extra car at the 24 Hours of Le Mans in June. He'll be joined by Earl Bamber and uh, Nico Hulkenberg. Right, so it's now Audi's one and two at the top of the charts. Andre Lotter has been there for some long while now. One minute 42.360 and Lucas Di Grassi. Uh, 1 minute 42.510, so 0.15 of a second down. He's now just gone on to his next lap, has Di Grassi, and he set the fastest first sector of all. He's taken another tenth of a second off the best time in that sector, so we could have... Uh, number eight going ahead of number seven. Seven can't respond at the moment. Andre Lotterer sitting in the pits. And I dare say it'll be another driver who goes back out because Lotterer started the session in the number seven Audi. Ricardo Gonzalez is now in the fastest car. He's just come out of the pits. He's taken over the number 28 Ligier uh, that was driven so well early on by Gustavo Jakerman. So they're starting to cycle through the drivers. I was looking for a flying lap from Ed Brown in the number 31 HPD. He's now, well, he was bottom in the LMP2 class. He still is, but he's now just needs to find another second uh, to see if he can go at, go faster than the Eric Maris-driven Ligier from Oak Racing. So, good thing was, sat in the garage for probably 20 minutes and is out on the track. So, both of the HPDs entered by Extreme Speed Motorsport now setting representative times. Lucas Degrassi has backed up his absolute best through sector one with an absolute best through sector two, but doesn't go quicker than anybody else through sector three. So actually, he backed off during that session or maybe caught a bit of traffic. Did a 142.543, so that's uh, three hundredths of a second slower than his best effort so far. If you're unclear as to where the sectors are, by the way, well, obviously sector one starts at the start line and ends just before the breaking point at Brooklyn so just under the silverstone.co.uk bridge down the Wellington Strait that is sector one sector two is from there all the way round through Woodcut, Beckett's and the Maggots and Beckett's complex through Cops Corner uh, and then on to just before the bridge on the Hangar Strait so it's as you exit Chapel yes Correct. just when you get your first clear sight of the straight down towards Stowe and then obviously sector three all the way back to the start-finish line. Uh, now, without looking out the window, you can just, just hear the great sound is back, the Labra competition Chevrolet. A year away from the championship, and uh, Christian Poulsen on board have had quite a change of driver line up there. Paolo Roberti and Gianluca Roda, no stranger to the car, but Christian Poulsen, formerly an Aston Martin driver last year, has moved across, and, and it just has that wonderful rumble. I mean, the Astons make a great rumble, but just that little bit more baritone, the uh, Chevrolet Corvette C7R lying down on the second page of our timing screens in third place in the GTE AM. Still top in GTE AM is still the number 88 Porsche. That's the Abu Dhabi Proton Racing version. And then 72, one of many uh, Labra, AF Corsa Ferraris with Andrea Bertolini at the wheel. Sorry, that's an SMP Racing run version, of course. Although I think from the AF Corsa... Oh, yes, indeed, but uh, just wearing a slightly different uh, parasol. Yeah. As opposed to the prototypes in the uh, in, in the P2 class, which are AF Corsa entered, but I understand are run from the SMP base in the south of France now. But for, well, for kind of business reasons, they've been entered uh, by AF Corsa 
um, because obviously politically the uh, the lie of the land not great between uh, well Russia and, and Russian banks and the the whole Ukraine conflict and whatever. So. Uh, Boris Rottenberg deciding to actually change the entrance so that uh, he can do business a little more easily. Labra competition were entered in the f 50 car last year, of course, but that was in the European Le Mans series, yes. and they were within with P2 then in the Morgan Judd. So they have changed. Well, I'm kind of used to them running Chevrolet Corvettes because uh, they did for a number oh, of years, for years at Le Mans. Years. Yeah, absolutely. And the fifth. 50 is traditionally a Labra competition number, so I'm pleased that they were able to keep that. It seemed to be part of the, part of the furniture at Le Mans. Whenever the Labra competition Corvette was in with a problem, <laughs> you can see Jack Lecomte looking as though he's going to go and pick the car up and put it back over the pit wall. You know, he's a big fella, and he gets a <laughs> good degree of sort of attack yeah. behind him. So only the number 18 Porsche is sitting out this session. We hope it'll go back towards the end. Nick, do you want to sashay your way up oh. to... Towards Porsche, and just confirm if that is still sitting I in the garage. I was just watching the number two Toyota, which left, and it's still for all fans of uh, devices that brought you milk in the 80s. It's still the milk float power initially, and then it fires off about 100 meters down the, the pit lane. So it goes, but then fires up. So it's still doing that. Uh, as I meander now, it's not very. It's very very short distance between Toyota and Porsche. There's three garages, none of which are being used. So you kind of wonder who was supposed to be there. My guess is that was where Saab Moran was supposed to be. Um, I can't think that would be where uh, uh, Nissan was supposed to be. They pulled out long, long before that and enough chance to get the whole thing done. Right, so sitting like a bat with its ears out, so its doors open, is the 18 car. And the amount of activity has dropped considerably. So my feeling is that, I, I'm going to say now, and I'm going to predict that's done for this session. Because they are not busy enough at the moment trying to get going in the next, what, 50 minutes or so. Yep. 47 minutes and three seconds, to be precisely. I have been wrong, though. I remember once there was a car at the moment which was up on its jack. So that's, that's gone, that's finished, that's not going anywhere. And six minutes later, who's in the race? So, uh, you know, we are, even even my eagle, eagle eyes to get these things wrong on several occasions. Well, one thing I was about to comment on, we were just talking a few minutes ago, Johnny, about um, people not respecting track limits. We have another another person who's been pinged for it. For uh, the second time, though. For the second time, number 95. And at the moment, at the wheel of that, we have Christopher, uh, Christopher Nygaard. Nygaard leading the GTE Pro. Uh, and that was going out of the final corner. Yeah. On the start straight. I've been watching the Aston Martins in particular. They run most of the way over the curbs. He's obviously done it completely. So maybe he went beyond... You have the red and white curbing, then you have the green apron beyond, and then you get to tarmac. I guess he kissed the tarmac, and that's deemed just... Uh, is it not four wheels over the curb? Is it not four wheels off the new British? Yeah, no, but to kiss the tarmac, you'd have to have four wheels over the curb. The, ah. green, the green is, is quite wide, and there are all sorts of uh, tire marks all over it, but uh, not a full car width wide. The new British ruling for MSA-run meetings is any wheels off. You're not allowed any wheels off at all, but this meeting, of course, not run to... Uh, the MSA ruling and guidelines, it's uh, an international meeting, so therefore we revert back to, well, kind of international overtakes national Did rules. Did they not ping every single car at Touring Car every single lap then? Uh, pretty Hatch? much, yeah. And, and Brand, Well, of course, Brands Hatch has the, uh, has, has the pads that Jonathan Palmer has installed so that uh, you don't even have, need to have an observer there. It uh, just triggers automatically. A computer says, he's done it, he's done it, he's done it, every single lap. If, uh, oh, well, the, war the warning worked. Christopher Nygaard kept it uh, within the curbs or Good. just only straddled the curbs and not beyond. But Lucas Tigrassi has set a new target time, 1 minute 42.121 seconds. So he's finally got ahead of the sister Audi uh, with that time set very long time ago now by uh, Andre Lotterer. Uh, 
a quarter of a second thereabouts faster. One minute forty two point one two one plays the sister car, the number eight the number seven Audi. One minute forty two point three six zero seconds. Moment or two ago the number thirty one uh, Extreme Speed Motorsports HPD went quicker than its man is so far in the session with Ed Brown at the wheel, the American, and he did a 154.386 lap before last. Also, also pers- personal best lap times for the Stracker Dome with Johnny Kane at the wheels, just done a 52.719. And Vitantonio Liuzzi slowly but surely getting the number four car further up the time. So the team by Collars CLM going a touch quicker and finally some good news for Porsche while the 18 languages in the garage number 17 with Mark Webber still at the wheel he set his fastest time almost precisely one second down on the best but uh, 1 minute 43.1 to Lucas Di Grassi's 1 minute 42.1 for Audi so Audi Audi Toyota and now Mark Webber's Porsche pushing the Toyota number one that's just been in the pits just changed over to Sebastian Buemi he's just gone out onto the track so I'm sure Toyota will fight back but uh, Mark Webber's been chipping away at that time and now getting into the ballpark Stracker have come to a stop beneath me and they will be doing uh, a fuel and I think they're going to, they, Nick DeVentis is getting ready to get in the car but Johnny Kane hasn't hopped out so they're kind of umming and ahhing about what they're going to do and they are going to dolly jackets. They're not going to do the driver change in the pit lane. They're going to take it back into the garage. It's got a very interesting treatment of the tow hook at the front. In the, it's got a kind of a, in the, it's got a very nice pointy nose. And the central pillar goes right down to the, the wing. And then it's got a big hole in the front which you can get the tow hook into. So it's all kind of a, a single, quite attractive look. Ah, yeah. In fact, yes. I'm just looking at a photograph of the programme. Yes, it's, it's built in. Very. Mm. Very I do well think done it, there. It does have one of the most. For some reason, they've got exposed rivets uh, at the bottom of the uh, the driver pod, as such, and it does look more like a submarine conning tower than any of the other cars. Oh, nothing wrong with an exposed rivet. I, I, I rather rather like them well, myself. I don't think Ron Dennis agree with you. <laughs> yes, it depends how they're aligned, so Nicholas. Joe, if you can hear me, I can. I'm sort of positioned to get a word with an actual driver who's actually been out on track in a car. It's the number 26 G-Drive LMP2. The driver I'm uh, hanging around to get a word with his Sam Bird, who's not happy at all with the handling of this number 26 Leisure. And uh, I couldn't help but overhear a conversation he was having with his engineer. Uh, I think Sam made the decision to bring the car in rather than the team because he, uh, there's lots of parts on the track where he should be flat out and he can't because the uh, what looked like he was seeing was snap oversteer. I'm just waiting while he talks to his engineer. We'll jump in now. Hi, Sam. Couldn't help but overhear your conversation there, Sam, about the, you're not happy with the handling of the car so far. It's, it's been a, uh, a challenging first, uh, first session, but we'll get on top of it. I think the guys here are good enough that we can sort out this, uh, this small issue we have. And what, where, do you think the, where do you think the answer to the issue lies? I, I think that it could be um, uh, something in the suspension. But we have to wait and see. We haven't analysed it properly. We're still mid-session and we're still in a pretty good place. We're not too far off the pace. But for sure, I feel like I've gone awfully lot quicker with, uh, with uh, being comfortable in the car through the high-speed corners. Matt, Matt here, who's hanging loitering here with intent, is very important because he's dressed in Dunlop gear and he might have an answer for you. So I'll leave you to talk to Matt. Thanks for talking to us, uh, Sam Bird there, who, uh, yeah, 26 car in the LMP2 class. Uh, they've still got a bit of work to do. I can tell you he, he made light of that. That wasn't the conversation I heard. Um, the car is a little bit awry, uh, not to his liking at all. 
Thanks very much, Joe. So that was uh, Sam had been talking to the chief engineer of that car, which is well, the chief engineer of the G-Drive racing team. That's Bruno Corp. But Joe, with your chassis sorting abilities, you should sort of offer them up. But uh, joking aside, I think it's great to see Sam in a, in a prototype. He's a driver who really deserves to go places. He did some stunning performances last year in the Ferrari 458, most notably at Le Mans. And uh, it's great to see a British driver just moving on up through the charts. And it's a very tidy driver lineup, Johnny, with Julian Canal and uh, Roman Rusinov, who obviously know the team so well. But I think Sam will bring a, a level of not just speed, but he's got that sort of aggression you need. He's got a real desire to go out and uh, deliver every time he goes out onto the circuit. But they're not languishing. They're second in the LMP2 class, seventh overall. He's only he's less than point one of a second off the class pace. But uh, importantly for him, it's being set by the sister car, the number 28, that's uh, just starting another lap with Ricardo Gonzalez at the wheel. Just watching another Aston Martin. That's the 99 Aston Martin, the blue and yellow one, uh, running over the kerbs at... Uh, out of the final corner onto the start finish straight so they might be getting a little slap on the wrist but I think they just about kept it on the green stuff 99 at the moment being driven by Richie Stanaway very promising young Kiwi but they are down at the bottom end of GTE Pro at the moment there one two three fourth in class still the Dane train the sister car the number 95 Aston Martin just north of uh, two minutes two minutes 1.3 seconds topping GTE Pro 15th fastest overall Sam Bird, of course, filling the gap that uh, Olivier Pla has uh, created because Pla moves to the, the new Nissan prototype and therefore uh, that created an opening at G-Drive that uh, Sam Bird is perfectly able of, of, of filling and he has done some prototype racing in the past, did a little bit for Starworks Motorsport, in fact, in the GD United Sports Car Championship last year. Uh, chaps? Uh, yes, Joe Bradley. I've just been looking over the shoulder of the uh, the crew of this number 26 car. They've gone a little bit down on ride height. Can't tell you how, exactly how many millimetres. And uh, a little bit of a damper setting change. So that figures, really, because if the, the closer you have these cars right uh, to the ground, the more downforce they produce. So a little bit lacking in downforce. And as Sam described, it was over a particular bumpy part of the track. It's obviously losing a massive amount of downforce. So they're trying to get that rear diffuser to attach to the ground a little bit better than it appears to be. So a little bit of a right eye change on the rear and a couple of clicks on the dampers. Thanks, Joe. Of course, if you got on board, that would lower the ride height, wouldn't it? Considerably by <laughs> more than two millimetres, I can assure you. But... I'm not sure it's got enough travel, actually. But for those of us of a slightly less than light persuasion, it's good to see this year that when it... Um, the cars have to carry ballast if the average weight of its drivers is under 80 kilos. I, I, I approve that very much, and I'm sure Mark Webber would put his thumbs up all those years of having to diet to try and keep his weight down so he could be competitive in Formula One. And now, I'm not saying he's gorging himself, but at least he could choose out of rather more of the menu than uh, he could before. <laughs> yeah, it's a good Out point. of lard for Mark, please. <laughs> Still topping the times, Lucas Degrassi from the sister Audi of Andre Lotra. So eight from seven, and both those cars in pit lane at the moment. They are separated by a quarter of a second, just less than on the screen. And it looks like Lotra, at the very least, could go a, a smidgen quicker because he, on the in-lap last time around, went quicker than he'd managed up until that point through sector one. Stefan yeah, Sarazan now on board the number two Toyota. Back to Nick Damon. Yeah, not interrupting you for my own personal game, but for actual genuine piece of a driver interview. And a man who I've not spoken to for far too long. He's trying to speak to the East Coast engineer. He's pretty off for the last couple of seconds. A man I've not spoken to for far too long. Johnny Kane, welcome back to racing. Thanks. Yeah, it's good to be back. 
Notice, notice that you've uh, been out for a run, you came back and there's that traditional thing of a drive. You've been doing a lot of arm waving, hand moving. Uh, I take it therefore the car's not massively happy at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously haven't been here before. Uh, still very early days for us, uh, you know, with this car. So just sort of working through a program at the minute. Uh, made some changes from Rickard. And, um, you know, we need to get some miles on all of us, really. It's been a while since we were here. And, uh, yeah, it's just good to be back. Um, we'll work, work on the car setup throughout the next couple of sessions and hopefully get a bit closer to the pace. So apart from watching Jeremy Carl and kicking the cat, what have you been doing for the last 18 months? Well, I mean, we've been very, very busy with this still. Um, we had a bit of downtime at the start while we were getting some new parts made. But, you know, since then we've done, you know, a good bit of testing and uh, quite a lot of sim sim work as well. So, uh, you know, dri drivers are pretty good at putting their time in. And, uh, you know, we've just been, you know, just been trying to get things ready, really. And... Uh, you know, we're, we're here and, uh, you know, everything's looking good. You're saying obviously it's a new car. You, you did a huge amount of testing on it uh, through last year and then basically said, nah. So when you, you did the redesign for the homologation purposes, did you have to throw everything you'd learned out the window? No, I mean, it, we, we didn't really get to do an awful lot, actually, uh, straight off. Um, just had sort of new, new car troubles, which prevented us from doing a lot of mileage. So although we'd, we'd book a test, we'd go and we, we wouldn't really be able to do the work we needed to do. So it's only been the last few months, really, that we've been able to do some solid work. So, um, you know, obviously other, other teams and cars have been running for quite a while now um, with proven packages. So um, we're probably on a little bit of a catch up. Um, but, you know, we're, we're an experienced team and I'm sure we'll get there. A man with a car that's handling badly, but he's still really happy. Yeah, but Nick, the thing that I was waiting for, you didn't get him to admit that he does watch the Jeremy Carl show. Of course he does. I've always said Johnny's a man of standards. He smiled at that. He was going, well, actually, I prefer loose women, but, you know, hey-ho. Don't we all think about it? Um, you speak for yourself. <laughs> uh, oh, the you conversations I've had with you, Johnny, don't even go there. Leaving you in the mire, Nick. Uh, that's all right. <laughs> I'll stop. The 18 is still on stilts. There's not a lot of work going on that portion. It's changed dramatically. Oh, there's now four people at the back wobbling it. So uh, they have now got a team of grey suited. The engineers are in grey uh, fireproofs. The more technical people, the drivers are in white fireproofs, Porsche. Uh, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of them now around the car. So obviously when they wandered off earlier to work out what to do, they've come back inside, not, oh, there's nine, there's one underneath as well. They've always decided what they want to do now, and they are attacking it from several angles. I do like the thought of engineers being colour-coded their, their outfits according to their level of technical expertise and knowledge. If you're just on the pale end of the scale, yes. you're, not, you're not a real boffin. But, uh, is, it, is it a sort of a brave new world of uh, engineering? It's like those heat-sensitive shirts from about 20-odd five years ago. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they change colour according to your ability. Oh dear. I don't think I'd better go for one of those then. No, you'd be the green, un green underarm white shirt version. So all quite quiet, but we're actually about to have most of the LMP1 cars have come back out. Uh, just on its outlap is uh, Loic Duval taking over the number eight Audi. The sister car, Marcel Fessler, having his first run today. Number seven Audi. Stefan Sarazan is out in the Toyota uh, number two. And Mark Webber's had the lion's share in number 17, obviously uh, not wanting to hand the car over to anyone else. He's fourth fastest. Sebastian Buemi's been out for a few laps in the number one Toyota. And as Nick mentioned... The number 18 Porsche still languishes in the pit, but that's, of course, not all of the P1 class because in the non-hybrid class, we've got Vitantonio Liuzzi. He's in the pits at the moment, 13th fastest overall, 12 seconds, almost precisely down on the fastest time 
uh, set thus far by the number eight Audi, earlier, not so long ago, by Lucas Di Grassi. The other thing, of course, that Stracker and Johnny Kane will have to get used to is a new power plant they're uh, more used to in their past running with the Honda that power plant for the HPD, but they've gone with uh, with the crowd, really, for this year, and the Nissan 4.5-litre V8 to power its, uh, their Stracker Dome S103, so that might be something that uh, they're having to kind of get their heads around. Sticking with the Michelin tyres, though, Johnny Kane as he says, still fairly early on in their programme. But let's hope that they can, by the end of the season, be punching towards the sharp end of the P2 category. Ricardo Gonzalez is currently on top of the times within P2, by the way. Car 28, although it's in pit road at the moment. That car's done a 150.213. Its nearest rival is Julian Canals Ligier, number 26 for G-Drive. Second fastest in P2 and... It's at uh, just half a tenth, or if that, uh, between the two cars. And I was about to see if Mark Webber would improve. He had a, a blue, a blue, and then he set a purple sector in the final sector. Fastest of all in sector three. He goes second fastest, 0.144 of a second down. So now we're seeing the fabled Porsche speed starting to be really unwound. But, of course, uh, Webber does need to hand the car over at some point if he's going to be very kind and let his... Uh, his partners in crime have an outing. Of course, Timo Bernhardt and Brendan Hartley sharing the number 17 Porsche with him. But uh, Mark's done a good job there. Up into second place. 42.2 against the 1 minute 42.1 set a while ago by the number 8 Audi. So 0.144 of a second off the number 8 time. Loic Duval is at the wheel of the number 8 car at the moment. The man who had that horrendous crash at Le Mans during practice session uh, last year so good to see Loic back fit and well and driving the number 8 Audi this year Marcel Fessler in the 7 car and the meat in that Audi sandwich is as Bruce mentions Mark Webber in the 17 car and he won't improve this time Webber's just the Australian driver's just set a slower first sector by about almost a second down on his best last time around so could be traffic it could just be quick lap cool off think about it do another one but anyhow what you need to know at the moment is Audi from Porsche Audi from Toyota Toyota and the second Porsche number 18 29th and bottom of the timesheets with no flying lap there was an out lap back to the pits and then as Nick said it's fallen into the hands of the engineers the chassis wobblers and uh, the design crew and we now have a problem on the number one Toyota the world championship winning car of uh, Andrew Davidson Sebastian Webb and Kazuki Nakajima uh, it's come in, it's had uh, most of its easily accessible bodywork stripped off and the engineers are doing the thing they do when the driver's gone, it's a bit funny and they are waggling uh, the rear right suspension arms. They've had a bit of a waggle of the uh, upper wishbone, they've had a bit of a waggle of the drive shaft, one of them having, uh, is having a waggle of the, uh, uh, the mounting to the spring and damper unit. Um, they seem reasonably happy nothing's loose on that right-hand side. Now nip across the left-hand side and see what's going on there. Again, they're having a bit of a stare around. There's something loose. I think yeah, they're having a little check around. I think they've got a kind of a mystery, a bit vague look because they're not actually making a setup change. Uh, they're having a look at the front. Ah, now they're also checking on the, the, bra the brakes as well. So I'm wondering whether this he's got a braking issue or it's, it's pulling as such one way or the other. So the first thing they're also looking for is something that is physically dragging on one side of the other and after that they are now getting out the box of spanners and starting to undo slightly more serious pieces of kit so that looks like a my guess would be 
wasn't braking in the way he wanted it to. The problem, of course, being this year, guys, and last year, is that braking isn't just about the brakes, the discs and the pads. It's also about the engine recovery systems. Quite so. And it's a factor that the drivers have had to really try and grapple with for the past couple of seasons. And certainly the driving style they have to uh, achieve. It's a moving target as the team achieves more harvesting of power and uh, different ways of doing it. They have to learn the whole time. So track time is everything. And at the moment, what we're getting, Nick, is uh, Johnny, is the fact that they're not really setting, but the LMP1 cars aren't really going for quick times. I know Mark Webber just moved up to second place, but most of them are lapping four, five, six seconds off the, the pace they set earlier on. So they've got just over half, just under half an hour of this first free practice session to go gathering information but of course number 18 Porsche gathering no information whatsoever been sitting in the pit garage pretty much since the start of the session and the weather is starting to intervene here at Beckett's because there is rain on the camera that we have down there and now a message on the screen to say that rain is reported at turn nine which is not Beckett's I've been it which is Cox, Cox. Corner uh, and close to what, pit lane but, but that's not this pit lane no I think. other but pit lane but in fact looking up from here we, uh, from our vantage point just by pit entry of the, the the main pits we've got blue sky dotted with cloud over toward cops yes it is grey but the cloud base is quite high i think someone's pranking around with a hose i think i think chap someone's fibbing i think someone's fibbing i, 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 I can tell you now it's certainly not raining and a, and a man can confirm that as a, a chap i'm standing with ryan dl ryan uh so far so good i take it that was just a bit of a, a shake down there for you for, for both the car and yourself yeah i mean uh I actually haven't driven on the, the 2015 Dunlop yet, so uh, I wasn't a Paul Ricard, so we're, we're kind of uh, just chasing it here and, and seeing what we got. But I think so far it's we're good, you know. Um, we haven't been here as a team, obviously, and uh, a couple of the guys were here with Starworks in 2012. But uh, I think our pace, you know, we, we're realistic on, on the HPD, and we know that uh, obviously the Ligiers and the Coupes have taken a step forward at this point, which is why we're buying one. Um, but we're happy with our pace right now. We've got more time in the car. Uh, we're just going to cycle through the drivers right now. And uh, good to be back on some home soil here. And uh, I just hope it stays dry. I mean, I've never been to Silverstone and seen a forecast of three days of dry. So I'm, I'm hoping it stays dry. I'm trying to, I've been trying to tell the team how wet it can actually get here. Well, the forecast is for it to be a little bit damper on Sunday, which is, of course, race day. Um, it must be a little bit disappointing to, uh, to not be here in the new car. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody at Honda was pretty bummed with that whole thing. Um, it was just, you know, we were we were behind from pretty much the end of last year, and we just we ran out of time with homologation, and uh, you know, Patron are, are here to win, and we're we're here to represent the team, and uh, we just, uh, you know, the decision didn't just come from us; it came from Honda, and it was uh, not an easy one to make. You know, we wanted to make it work. We still have the cars in our shop. Um, we'll probably end up developing them towards the end of the year and, and see where they come, but. You know, I, I got good memories of this car here, so um, I'm not that bummed to be back here in open top where we obviously had a lot of success with it a couple of years ago, so, you know, it's, it's hard to be unhappy when you're getting to drive cool race cars for Patron Tequila and uh, getting to come to great venues at WEC. So, Ryan, give us a little bit of insight about what these practice sessions are all about. Are, are we looking at the teams trying to achieve a good race setup, or are you looking at optimising things and getting up the grid? I mean, how, how important is the grid for a six-hour race? It, it's always the argument. It's absolutely pointless. No, I'm kidding. Um, nah, it's uh, everybody's going to be doing something different. You know, for us right now, we're uh, we're purely simu uh, we're purely just uh, cycling drivers through. Um, 
you know, we're obviously keeping a keen eye on the lap time because we want to make sure we're in the window. But, um, you know, there'll be guys that will buy into qualifying runs. With the P2 rules now, with the, the tire limitations, it really stops people playing games, running too many miles. You can't do too many qualifying sims based on the amount of tires you have allotted. So, you know, I think everybody you'll see right now is probably just fine-tuning race setups. Most people will be on heavy fuel loads. Um, and then we'll see, probably tomorrow, people will start fishing. But, you know, the, the good thing about it, racing over here and, and WEC especially is I think people don't hide anything and they show what they've got um, so if we're a second off right now we know we need to find a second um, so we got to do some work and we'll come back for the next session and to Jordan was right I'll let you get on with uh, whatever racing drivers do when they get out of the cars I hope well I, th I think Ryan was spot on there because looking at the lap times uh, quite a few cars coming back into the pit certainly the LMP1 Hybrids are coming back in. Fessler's brought his Audi and the two Toyotas, uh, Sarazana Buemi, back into the pits. They were lapping two, three, four seconds off their best times. One car that I'd really like to find out about is is the number 51 Ferrari, Jan Maria Bruni, uh, is, is, is right down slowest. Don't forget, here Tony Philander, you'd hardly have a faster pairing it's, in GT Pro, and uh, they're down bottom. It's on the apron the at the moment, Bruce, so it's, uh, I think it's been out, and it's now up on the, just on the apron, no particular work being done. They seem to be uh, looking to put some tyres. Just a quick shifty uh, fair for the number one car. The one car still having some uh, uh, attention to the rear end of the car. What they have done on the front of the car is they have put, um, uh, they've gone for a slightly higher, higher downforce solution, the same as on the two car, which is to add a, a set of dive planes, which weren't on there. It was a naked of dive planes now, nose. Now it has one quite large spade-like dive plane at the front, which we added for this next run. So obviously deciding it's a little more front downforce. Uh, I've now filled enough and reached the 51 car in all its multicoloured glory. And there appears to be no particular reason for the problem. They are having a little bit of a look at the rear right. Um, which let me see if, I, if, he's, if they're working quite hard on it. They are rodding something with a very, very long spanner. Let's see what he's doing. I'm, get to, I'm not allowed to walk out of the pit lane because I haven't got wearing a hat. They're very hot at the moment on that. They're always hot for the first race and forget after that. Um, You're just a rebel, Nicholas. I don't, you, know, you know me. A rebel without a hat. <laughs> exactly. It's you know that. The, uh, me and James do. And they've kind of stopped now because they, they were certainly having a look at the rear right. And now they are rodding down towards the centre of the car. So there might be a, a little tiny problem, but it's nothing that they think is too serious. They've not stuck it on the trolley jacks and pulled it back into the pit. Well, one thing that's just cleared on our screens, Nick, we'd had messages saying slippery surface at turn 9, which is cops, 9 to 10, and then turn 10 as you get towards maggots. That's now just been withdrawn. Not that we've seen any rain. There was a little bit of moisture on the, on the camera lens. I think there was some rain down, just down at Cops Corner, because this... Circuit does span a, a fairly large area across two counties. But I can't see any wind, I can't see any flags to look at actually from our commentary position, but quite often you, you might get the rain coming from the northeast with a bit of a puff behind it. Yeah. Predominantly here the wind comes from the southwest and blows up towards Cops uh, from this end, but anyhow, the track is now cleared. Trying to see if anybody's last blue thing I saw on the screen was a fastest third sector time set by John Fogarty just before he brought number 31 uh, HPD into the pits didn't improve his time a great deal but um, so I think yes track conditions fine but uh, Mr. Dial must have been right on top of it in terms of uh, we're now doing heavy tanks running and certainly he, he highlighted the fact that there aren't so many sets of tyres to play with uh, this year in fact what we're getting is uh, four sets of slicks for each car for free practice then you get six sets for qualifying combined with the race use them as you will but they're not going to waste their time 
maybe this afternoon they'll start to go a little bit quicker, maybe tomorrow morning. But, uh, qualifying when we get to it is going to be much more quick fire, only 20-minute se uh, sessions. So we'll, we'll see how that uh, spans out tomorrow. But certainly that's where Nick talked about at the start of the session. One, I know it was Joe, I think, as soon as the cars go on the track, that's when the hands on the clock start spinning around faster. But with just 20 minutes uh, for each team for qualifying, that is going to be really, really quick fire. I can't wait. Can't wait till tomorrow. Is it going to be Porsche? At the moment, we've got Duval in the number eight to Audi, top oh. of the timesheets. Nicholas. They sneaked the 18 out. I mean, oh, yeah, it's out. Did you not know? Well, you didn't tell me. I, I was, well, I, you I didn't was tell down, us. I was down. <laughs> if you've got the screen, I was beetling down doing the 51. They've nicked the 18 out there. Just yeah. goes to prove how much I know. So how much they have dev bet off now. So Neil Yarny at the wheel of the 18 Porsche. And this could potentially be its first flying lap of the session. It did an installation lap right back in again and has been sat upon the stilts for the rest of this session up until this point. Still, still 20 minutes remaining though, so plenty of time to play. I still think there was a little bit of rain down at Cox just because the lap times dropped off as well and there seemed to be less grip available down at turn nine, but uh, now the Porsche is out, I think the weather is starting to improve and we may well see uh, the number 18 Porsche trouble, well, certainly the top five on the screen at the moment, maybe the top three. Well, the gap between first and fifth between the number eight Audi and fifth place the, the number one Toyota is 1.444 seconds so plenty of scope for it to slot in there but uh, and then sixth fastest overall is the 28 Ligier uh, Louis Pipo Dirani at the wheel of that at the moment but the time had been set earlier on was it by uh, Yakutak I think it was yes it was teammate Gustavo Yakuman set the time that put that at the top of the LMP2 class still on top of uh, GTE Pro is the number 95, the Dane train, Christopher Nygaard at the wheel now, and still top in GTE Am is the 88 Porsche, that's the Abu Dhabi uh, Proton entry, now with Christian Reed at the wheel, quite nice, he gets to drive for the family team. Christopher Nygaard getting another ticking off about his lack of respect of the track limits at turn 18. He's taken club. over, you see, that was Nicky Team earlier, so they're all having a go in, yes. the, in the 95 car. Yes. But the thing that strikes me is how undramatic you get the, the Aston Martins, obviously the, the, the GTE class cars can use the kerbs much more than the prototypes, running out of uh, club over the kerbs, but they look quick and they're over the kerbs, but so undramatic are the two, Ferrari, the two AF Corsa Ferraris, 51 and 71. 71 is better place at the moment trying to see who's just improved of course it's the number number 18 Porsche up into sixth place 1.79 seconds down so he needs to find a third of a second to uh, move ahead of any of the other cars in the class but a uh, good job there from Neil Yarny on his outlap he can't pay attention to the rain or the slippery surface down at Cops we do think it's now cleared it's certainly not reported interesting to see what he can do this time around his uh, first sector of his uh, next lap not good enough to really move him up. 31.5, I think the fastest time in that sector so far has been a 30.9. And as you said, Johnny, that goes from the start-finish line down to just before the turning point to Brooklands. So that twisty sector that was added to the circuit a handful of years ago through Village, then down, down the uh, Wellington Strait. But uh, sort of a combination of twisty and then quick. So uh, yeah. it's... In fact, every sector of the circuit, with the exception, I guess, the final sector, you've got the, the run from Chapel down to Stowe. That's pretty quick. As long as you go through Stowe, you've got more straights. But then you've got the fiddly final mm. sector of corners. So they're all a bit of a combination of quick and slow. Some circuits sort of break down. You have the first parts, first sector's twisty, the second sector's open, and the third sector's twisty. But here they all seem to have a bit of a mixture. The uh, number two Toyota has now taken over its position in the pits that number one was occupied before. And this time here... 
Good old shift at the front end. The two has now got back out on the uh, the, the, the uh, track again with a slightly higher downforce front end, and I'm sure a better attached rear, which was obviously something to do with the issues why it came in for about 10 minutes earlier. Now the uh, two car, which is the Vert Sarazan and Conway machine, is having a uh, a good old look at the. Uh, oh, they're going to take, take a bit more. They're having a good fiddle at the front of the car, the front torsion bars. I don't think really, they had to remove the torsion bar in front of me. They're, they're doing a spring change at the front. So there's an awful lot of. Uh, fiddling about going on with all these uh, P1 cars. Surprising that their base setups were nowhere near where they want to be and there's been downforce changes, spring changes, been damper changes and it's, uh, it's interesting. Did you know that even these big professional teams, their guesstimates are nowhere near where it wants to be? <laughs> well, they should never be satisfied, should they, Nick? So you've got to constantly twiddle and fiddle. Yeah, I mean, obviously they, 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 that is their race detra. They've got three hours to do twiddling and fiddling but uh, I also think possibly um, you kind of think they'd be a bit closer, but I suppose you just kind of want oh, we'll to slap something on that was working, see what happens next. Well, better second flying lap from Neil Yarn. He goes up to fifth place overall, 0.863 of a second down, and he's just set his fastest first sector time, so there should be a further improvement this time. He should be able, he's already demoted one of the Toyotas, that's the number one with Sebastian Buemi listed at the driver. The number two version with Stefan Sarazan is in the pits. That is his next target. He needs to find a quarter of a second, and he'll move up into fourth place on the timesheets. Yeah, both Porsches looking like they may be moving up the timings because Timo Bernhardt is setting some respectable times in the 17 Porsche. Neil Yarny making up for lost time in the 18 and could be on for another personal best lap time this time around. Has gone quicker than that car's managed so far through Sector 1. But as we know, it's got a lot of ground to make up on. If you, When you consider that the 17 Porsche has done 27 laps in this session, Neil Yarny's only done five and he doesn't go anywhere near his best time of 142.984 that time around a very slow uh, it was three and a half sector. seconds down and that was in the final two sectors most mm. notably most particularly in the in the middle sector sector two yeah uh, but it has stayed out is that joe yes it is still still not happy at audi even though they are proving to be pretty quick in the early stages of this event a uh, bit of a ride height change on the number eight i was able to take a uh, uh, bit of an adjustment onto the on the push rod I think they went lower on the front end so that'll that will be a little bit of more rake they'll have a, put a bit more rake in the car do, we, do, you, do you guys up there know what rake is when I say that I don't mean a garden implement to gather leaves with you've lost me then because uh, that would have been my guess I always okay. thought a rake was a bit of a cad when, when, when not before, a... before computer assisted design you use a term a rake a when you talk about seating don't you you know in a theatre or something if it's got a steep rake then that's it's a, it's the steepness of something isn't it no the rake is the difference in the right height between the front and the rear so if you are yeah. higher at the rear and lower at the front then you you've got a better view you have there a you go. steep rake you can so see you, over you the person right. ahead of you can't yeah. you yeah yeah Yeah. so they've gone a little bit lower and, and as I said earlier uh, with these downforce cars, the lower you are to the ground, the more downforce you create. So they're, they're trying to uh, get a bit more front-end grip, I would think. Just under a quarter of an hour to go, and the stun, sun is starting to re-emerge back on the start-finish straight. Seeing the number 97, Aston Martin, just still getting my head around its yellow and red livery after all those years of golf. Where is that in class? Darren Turner at the wheel. Second in class, still the Dane train, just that fraction of a second faster than it. In fact, quite a fair bit faster, point three of a second, which is a lot in that class. But Darren, I'm sure, not going for a super fast time. But still bottom in the class is the Gian Maria Bruni 51 Ferrari. Are they holding something back? But they're lapping consistently just off their 
their pace. So they're just clearly going for run, just consistency. Yeah. But yeah. it just looks so undramatic coming out of club. Maybe that's more like a race pace then, yeah. rather than a stunningly quick uh, single lap time. Car number one now being warned of uh, not respecting track limits at Cops Corner. Car number one being Sebastian Buemi in the title-defending Toyota. And it's sixth place in the overall standings. Puts it behind New Yarni's Porsche, number 18. Behind Stefan Sarazan in the sister car, number two. And behind Marcel Fessler in the 7 Audi. Timo Bernhard in the 17 Porsche. And Oli Jarvis is now on board the number eight Audi. Top of the times. He didn't set the 142.121. But the Brit, with a lot of DTM experience with Audi, and being brought on board as far as a uh, works P1 driver is concerned, what was that, last year or the year before, Jarvis? He's been with them a couple of years now. He has, but he's, he's been racing Japan last year by and large, so... Yes, yes, good call. But Jarvis getting his first action then of this session. Out in the number eight car. We only have 12 and a half minutes to go of this 90-minute session. And another 90 minutes to look forward to later on in the day. And I'm just looking onto the second time screen. Our time screens take us down to 22nd position, but we have 29 cars. Paul Dallalana, the number 98 GTE AM entry, has been bottom for some while. That's actually the only car on the charts that set its fastest time last time around, and that, or fastest sector time. But 21 seconds down, 21.3 seconds down on the uh, pace set by the pace-setting number eight Audi. Paul Dallalana at the wheel. So let's see if he can improve the time. The next car ahead of him, second last is Pat Long in the number 77 Dempsey Proton uh, Porsche. Pat, very handy driver, but his last time, ooh, two seconds off his best. So we don't know the conditions of the track at the moment. They, we had that little absolute microcosm, the flurry of rain in one corner and perhaps half the straight to the next corner. But the track absolutely bone dry here as we look out of the window over the start of the start-finish straight. Number two, Toyota just comes flashing around. That's Stefan Sarazan at the wheel. His last lap was uh, an outlap out of the pit, so uh, no flying lap time there. He's fourth fastest at the moment, 0.6 of a second down. Who's in the pits? Uh, that was the Porsche, number 17, leaving the pits. Uh, they are both out and rolling now. Uh, the number, the, the Toyota is swapping around now because the number one went out did a lap, the number two's come back out again. So number two went out, and then number, one, number one's back in again. And the number one now goes off past me and milk for it. Power and fire up now. There it was. So, yeah, this is an interesting, this is very much a, a first session of the year, isn't it? We've not seen a lot of huge problems. The Porsche confounding me by only being stopped for about 45, 50 minutes. Uh, and most other cars have, I'm sure your time screens will tell you, completed a reasonable number of laps. They certainly have. I mean, I'm trying to see who's done the most. Must be up nearly at 30. I see a few with 27. So 30 laps done by uh, the Oak Racing Ligier. Uh, Jean-Marc Merlin at the wheel at the moment. They're down bottom of the P2 class. But one, one little group pair of cars we haven't really talked about very much are the GTE Pro Porsches, 91 and 92. Christensen, my, Michael Christensen, the Dane, is uh, 19th fastest overall, and Fred Machiavicki, 18th. But they don't seem to have any answers at the moment to the 95 and 97 Aston Martin. So in GTE Pro, it's Aston, Aston, Porsche, Porsche. The third of the, the uh, GTE Pro Astons, that's with Fernando Ries on board, number 99. And then the two Ferraris from AF Corsa. So it does seem to have just fallen into that little pattern. It's the 71 Ferrari that's done the most laps of anybody, by the way. Davide Regan on board the number 71 AF Corsa car at the moment. It's done 33 laps, which is a good effort. Only a handful of other cars in the field have done 30-plus uh, Victor Scheitar on board the 72 Ferrari now from SMP Racing. 
although run by AF Corsa. That's done 31 laps, so they're certainly banging through the distances. Just had a change. I just want to butt in there, Johnny, that Neil Yarny has now moved up to fourth place overall. So it's Audi, Porsche, Audi, Porsche. And the number two Toyota has been pushed back to fifth. So the, that lap time almost precisely a third of a second down on the ultimate pace. So Neil Yarny, that slow start for the number 18 Porsche all the time in the pits. And now onto the track and really do it, delivering a good job at a point where most people are just not cruising around to the end, but they're not going for times. Although Brendan Hartley might go against that grain because he's now on board the 17 car and may want to push towards the end of this session just to see what the track uh, can offer him in terms of conditions. That's the first time Brendan's been in the car, I think, this session. So a little bit to improve. To show, perhaps, for bragging rights at the end of this first free practice session. Yes, when you're the third driver in a trio, you do hope to have more than the final ten minutes offered to you. But such is the such is the way. I mean, Mark Webber did nearly the whole the first hour. Then Timo Bernhard had a short stab, sitting second fastest overall. And now, yes, Brendan Hartley, off he goes. And we have eight and a half minutes remaining in this first 90-minute session. looking for any other times that are improving no, no gains quite yet but looking quite fighty at the moment is uh, Michael Christensen we just mentioned him in the 91 Porsche down fourth in GTE Pro looks like he's chipping away set a good uh, end to his previous lap he may be able to depose his uh, the sister car driven at the moment by Fred Machiavicki car 72 asked to respect the track limits at club corner specifically the exit of that corner car 72 is the Ferrari from SMP Racing and Victor Scheitar at the wheel of that currently you kind of wonder what the penalty for not observing track limits is in your practice I don't think there is one in free practice but if you do it too often in qualifying and in the race then um, oh in the race the LMS or the LMS race about three years ago the, the complexion it was completely changed by track limit um, yeah uh, what do you call it? Abuse. Application. Abuse. Uh, I think it was Rob Bell who got very upset for getting called for track limits. He swore, swore he didn't do. And they, I think they went the car went from second to fourth or first to third. I think it was when he was running the Ferrari for JMW with the Dunlop sponsored machine. Yeah, that was a, it, it was uh, one of those things where what they he probably wanted was Gary Neville and 1900 cameras analysing every single lap. <laughs> I think uh, it, it's incremental. So you do get one or two sort of warnings without punishment and then if you persist then the, the penalties can get quite severe if you continue to do it and clearly the stewards the clerk of the course clamping down on it very early on to make sure people get the message it is I think Silverstone particularly is renowned though for the ease at which track limits can be disrespected there's plenty of places particularly exit, exiting cops and at our end at club uh, we see drivers do it quite a lot, but it's interesting that on the exits of other corners, there's grass there where, you know, it just doesn't pay you to run out wide. But where you can do, where the kerb is wide and then you've got this strip of green concrete and then tarmac the other side of it, it kind of calls you in, you know, like a mermaid of the sea. Yes, it's there. I think Use if me. gravel was right on the edge of the kerb... Or a wall. If it, oh, yeah, a concrete wall. Can I, can, I just, can I just kind of correct your um, your mythology? Go on. It's sirens that call you in from the sea. Oh, is mermaids, it? Yeah. What do mermaids do then? Just well, they just hang around, and hang around in Copenhagen. Yeah. It's on the rock. Uh, the Porsche 18's come in and uh, it's having a tyre pressure change in the old-fashioned way on, on the on the apron with four mechanics, obviously in grey, because they're mechanics, uh, with gauges and just pressing their thumbs up to get the pressure out. 
And the two is sorry, sorry, sorry. And the two looks like it's finished for the session. It's going back under Dolly Jackson. Only a few minutes to go. It's a two Toyota. One driver who's really getting to learn his car, but he hasn't had much of a session to do it in is Christian Clean. Of yeah. course, he just uh, just joined the CLM team this this morning or yesterday. I think he got the call yesterday. But anyhow, because Simon Trummer couldn't make it here, flight con air traffic controls. They may be in France, but a lot of fr flights have to cross France. He lives in Switzerland, hasn't managed to make it here, but uh, just. Christian Clean, 14th fastest at the moment. We've seen that car as high as 12th overall, but he's just set its fastest final sector time. But the clock is ticking down just a shade over five minutes remaining in this first 90-minute practice session. Number eight, Audi topping the time charts. One minute 42. There's a full course yellow. I think that will be, be a waved. test. It's just a test. There's a little yeah. bar that's went off the screen. You can see it being waved in front of us both on the pit wall side and on the far side of the track, so that does look like a test. Yes, FCY, it says. So 1 minute 42.121 seconds is the best time set by the number 8 Audi. Porsche went second fastest with Mark Webber at the wheel, 1 minute 42.265. By golly, that number 83 Ferrari really behaved, obeyed the full course yellow to the extent it's coasted past us. I couldn't hear the engine going, but I'm sure it was. But uh, that was very uh, strong application and... Uh, Respect to the flag, Francois Perodo driving that down 26th fastest overall. So it's uh, Audi, Porsche, Audi, Porsche, then the two Toyotas, and uh, everybody's slowed right down. Right down, Bruce. Yeah, well, this is like a slow zone, isn't it, yeah. at Le Mans? Uh, it's not a safety car as such, so you don't kind of line up into a train of cars. You keep the distance between you and the car in front and the car behind, and it becomes a slow zone, but covering the whole of the track. So you stick to presumably 60 it, kilometres per hour, very similar to the pit lane speed limit. It's a conundrum, actually, because the number two car, which I thought was finished, has now just turned around and gone back on the apron. But they seem quite undecided whether to release the car again. Like, is there much point whilst we're still going around the slow zone? So we can grab a quick word with Alexander Wurtz. Alex, is this, uh, is this slow zone playing havoc with your planned programme? It's not havoc. It's just free practice. Uh, obviously, it would be nice to get in that last setup change, but never mind, it's the same for everyone. And uh, we need to practice this slow zone stuff um, to improve safety of all motorsports, so that's important. It's noticeable that none of the factory teams have really gone for it. You've all been coming in, going out, coming in, trying things. Is it because you, with these cars you just didn't know what the right setup would be, or has the weather been warmer than you expected here? Um, no, everything is expected, but uh, I think it's a almost standard Friday practice sessions. We really still try lots of things because uh, Silverstone is a very specific circuit with a high-speed nature, with the bumps, so these are quite sophisticated cars to set up. Uh, and that's what we are playing with uh, now here on Friday. will be the same also in the second session. All three manufacturers have brought updating effectively evolution, not revolution. I mean, how much better is this car than last year's? Uh, many seconds uh, and uh, same for everyone we have seen that in all the tests so it's a massive progress the entire WEC field is doing especially LMP ones because this is full blown up motorsport and I enjoyed it <laughs> looking looking to look at the session this afternoon do you think we'll see, we'll, we'll see you guys start looking at, at qualifying simulations we get to see the real speed of the cars this afternoon uh, only stood half of the question, it mentioned qualifying, simulation and afternoon. Uh, not on my programme it is. <laughs> Alex, thanks very much. So that's probably yes then. <laughs> yes, I was, I was about to chip in, but I left you to do that. Right, two minutes remaining. The final two and a half minutes, uh, not under full course yellow. The green flags have been waving for 30 seconds. Enough time, therefore, to do this lap. 
and for many of them actually go on to their following lap those about the first 10 cars around should be able to get this lap and the next before the chequered flag and so interestingly the number two car's given up it's gone back on the dollies again they're angling they seem a bit undecided they've now angled it into position i wonder whether they're actually just going to now leave it on the pit lane and have it in exactly the right spot for some driver change practice because it's a weird thing. They, they kind of sat down, shall we go? Don't know, is it worth doing the lap? Not sure. Now they're all sitting again. But they have, for some reason, genuinely moved it six inches on the pit apron. Hmm. Well, I wonder whether there's a reason for that. Or uh... have to rely on a man on the spot. We right. just have. So. I'm, I'm just wondering whether, they're gonna, whether they're gonna, they want exactly the right place to do driver swap change practice. Ah, uh, okay. But, again, no one, no one, it's, 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 I always find inactivity in pit lanes weird. Uh, when there's something going on, I'm fine, I know what's going on. When people are just sitting down looking at the car during an active session, you always kind of go, what's going on? Yes, is this the end? Why, why are you wasting time? You've got to look at, you, know, you, you don't have hours and hours and hours. But I think, they, yeah, it looks, they've got a set of tyres ready now, so this is going to be a, uh, a car ideally positioned, a perfect uh, pit entry there by Kazuki Nakajima by moving six inches and there go to some tyre swap practice and, uh, and do that sort of work that you would do at the end of sessions. Only 34 seconds to go. Car 26 is under investigation for an overtake under the full course yellow uh, situation. So car 26 may have been pinged for an illegal overtake there. That's Roman Rusinov. Thank you. For G-Drive Racing, the Ligier JSP2. And Rusinov, where is the 26 car? Second He's fastest. Second, in class. Yeah. second behind the sister car, G-Drive Racing. So at the moment, in top of P2, in seventh place overall, is the 28. Ligier, Louis Tirani at the wheel. The chequered flag is waved. So no one likely, no blue times on the screen. Oh, actually, we do have a blue time. Finally, Jan Maria Bruni might get his way onto the front timing page. He's 23rd and bottom in GTE Pro, but he set his fastest first sector time. Chequered flag is being waved. Bottom in GTE Pro. Will he improve this time around? But certainly what we've seen from... Uh, AF Corsa in the pro classes, they're not going for any times. Certainly haven't been early on. They've been looking very, very ordered through the course this session, but have completed a lot of laps. Bruni's on the 34th lap for car 51, and the sister car has already done 38 and has just finished its 38. That will be it back to the pit. So uh, Regon and Collado in the 71, a lot of mileage, but not any super sparkling lap times. Neil Yarny's just set his fastest first sector, so let's see, he's fourth though on the timesheets, 0.336 of a second down on the ultimate. This is the car, the 18 Porsche that sat in the pit lane for a very long time. And Bruni goes into second place, well pointed out Johnny, in the GTE Pro class. So he really did just bide his time and then bang in the quick time right at the end. And how far off the ultimate pace? 0.2 of a second. He'll go fast when he likes, yeah. Jean-Maria Bruni. Pulls out a 201.680 as his final effort of the session. So as uh, Aston Martin might have been resting on their laurels perhaps a little bit, thinking Ooh, Ferrari don't seem to have much pace. That is a wake-up call for them. I'm sure they weren't thinking that, but nevertheless, uh, Nicky team has edged uh, his pro car just a little bit quicker, though, than the Ferrari. 201.393, the best of a pro car in that session, number 95, from Bruni's time of a 201.680. And another Aston, third fastest, number 97, Darren Turner, uh, at the wheel at the end of the session. The car did a 201.707 as its best effort. Now, the only one I was really looking for at the end was Neil Yarny. He's just completed his final flying lap. No improvement, despite doing well in the first sector. He stays fourth overall. So a curtailed session for Yarny's car. 
13 laps in all, not a lot, bearing in mind that uh, Brendan Hartley's number 17 Porsche did 34 laps and Nakajima in the number one Toyota did the most of any LMP1 car. He managed 35 laps or more to the point, the car managed 35 laps. So the session is over, the sun is uh, shining, very little wind, no sign of any other rain for the moment. Uh, The next session in terms of the World Endurance Championship is at five minutes to four, 15.55, but... uh, Track action will continue in a handful of minutes, really, at uh, 13.40 will be the first qualifying session for the FIA European Formula 3. So, Johnny, an interesting session, but it all seems as though the, the bullets have been kept in the gun. Yeah. The arrows in the quiver. I think so. You, you really need to be in the individual garages to know exactly what sort of strategy the teams were running, what sort of plan they were running uh, over that 90-minute session. And you can bet that they've got everything sort of planned out for the second free practice session later on today, as Bruce mentions, at 5 to 4 through to 25 past 5 this afternoon another 90 minute session but that just about draws to a close our first uh, featured WEC uh, session uh, thank you for joining us here on RadioLamont.com Bruce Jones and myself Johnny Palmer so it's Ollie Jarvis in the number 8 Audi who was quickest although Mark Webber uh, setting the time a 142.121 sorry not Mark Webber but uh, it was uh, not Jarvis that set that time in the number 8 car 142.121 17 car of Brendan Hartley of Timo Bernhardt and Mark Webber going well though to just be behind the Audi, having done a 142.265. It was and Lucas Degrassi who set the time. Lucas Degrassi set the time for the number eight. As I say, that draws to a close then the first action for the 2015 World Endurance Championship. We will return later on with more from this category at about 10 to 4 this afternoon. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.